Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. However you found us, we're so glad that you're here. As we get behind the scenes with the Pursuit Spirits brand, you caught us at a really interesting time. We are in the middle of tasting through some potential upcoming samples. I won't get too ahead of myself though while we're here. Kenny and Ryan, thank you for joining me yet again on the show. Please introduce yourself. I feel it'd be remiss if we weren't here nowadays. Well, sometimes I'm here, sometimes you're not. So we've been kind of broken up here lately on these uh, Behind the Pursuits, but we got us all three here today. I'm excited. Yes, we're we're back again. I'm Kenny. I'm, I'm Ryan. <laughs> and I'm are. just happy to be here. <laughs> and, Person and, spirits. And that's Brian. Yeah, we, uh, we are in the studio again today. Last episode, we talked about the PUPS program. And today, we are tasting through some experimental finish things here. And a couple episodes back, when, when Kenny was on with me, we talked about how the journey brought us to the building that we're in now and it becoming a distillery. Today, in a little bit, we're going to talk all about what we've learned since then, right before, in T-minus, I don't even know how close it is, depending on when you're listening to this episode. We're going to be opening the place up to public, be able to la- allow more people to come in through here and have bottle your own experiences. Before we get that far, what's been going on? Oh, gosh. How much time you got, buddy? I've got all the time. Yeah, As we much just... time as the listeners will give us before they go to a different podcast. Well, as we talked about in previous episodes, it's been a Herculean effort to get this place up and running and paperwork, shenanigans, approvals, this and that, you know, as you listened to on a previous episode, it's a no small feat to get a facility that processes and blends and distills and all this stuff, alcohol. And so, cause it's like a nitroglycerin plant at the end of the day. I think it's regulated more than a nitroglycerin. <laughs> I think you could open up a bomb facility easier than you could here. But, you uh, say that on the podcast? Well, anyways, no, it's been, we've been up and running for, I don't know, three to four weeks now. Um, we've processed some barrels. We've done some, uh, it, it's just cool to have our own place that we can have more control in the process. We've gotten all our barrels that are ready for the first half of 2024. So they're here. I haven't been able to taste through them yet, but it's nice having them here to where I don't have to like send emails to Barstown Bourbon Company or all the various distilleries to pull samples, then go pick them up or wait for them to ship here. It just gives us like a little bit more control on everything we're doing. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's it's just good to have a home. Yeah. And and I think that's what's going to lead into what we're going to talk about in today's episode is being able to show people what we are doing here. And I think that's the that's really the fun part is because if when you come to our distillery, it is not what you're going to be experiencing when you come to our finalized product that is going to be on Whiskey Row. But instead, this is really how Ryan and I got started. I mean, this is where we used to go to another warehouse in Memphis, Tennessee, and we would just taste through a bunch of barrels. And that's kind of where we honestly like really fell in love with it. And you just saw like a very authentic and raw and unex, you know, very exposed back end of it, where you're just like, "Hey, this is this is really what it's like. It's not it, as much. We love BBC, but it's not moss walls. It's not Carrera marble. It's not high. It's not nice lights. It's it's industrial. That's really yeah. what it is. It's not me going through a field and stroking my hands through the grains and then <laughs> you know breaking a uh, an ear of corn and smelling it and checking moisture and there's there's no professional cameras there's no uh, i don't know fancy dresses there's nothing like that that you really see like it's it's really a it's a it's a workhorse yeah no doubt 
one of the groups I remember catching, they were, you all were given the presentation. I, I came in towards the, the back, either going up to the office or before taking photos, something was taking place. And I remember one of them leaning over to the others and saying, this is, it's not like the other, like the other distillery we went to. This is the real deal yeah. here. So, and yeah. I think that's the kind of experience that you're hoping to get from people. Well, maybe it's the real deal or maybe it's just the poor deal. <laughs> Whatever it is, like you get to see what, you get to see what uh, bourbon bougie is versus like what bourbon basic is. What pursuit spirit is. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful. Star. People start a hashtag about that every time they go on a tour. <laughs> hashtag bourbon basic. Yeah, but it is cool because like the the places on the bourbon trail are awesome and it, they're great visitor experience and that, but they're very polished, very, you know, I guess refined, thought through to get, because everybody's so excited about the category. They're coming here, wanting experience, and they want to get the most people through and give a good experience, but it's very polished, refined, whereas, you know, with us, it's going to be very, uh, I guess, real <laughs> and organic and like... It's one of the true experiences where you can see a bourbon startup from the beginning, and it's not just this 100-year brand that has everything figured out. It's kind of you can come here and see everything as we're trying to figure out this uh, Pursuit Spirits project. Well, and I think it's kind of a neat, a neat thing. As we've talked about, obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast, you're aware of this. But with the guys having the history of the Bourbon Pursuit podcast, you know, they not only get to get a walkthrough of bourbon and this background of bourbon – as you all are able to lead them through, but then they're also able just to kind of geek out and talk with you guys, uh, you know, just as if they had a chance to on air or something like that. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, for the folks that we've had come through so far, I think that's just been a cool thing for them is to be able, not just, it's as if you're taking them on the bourbon trail, right? Yeah. You're able to be a part of that experience with them. And that's just some folks that, 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 they may have looked up to or heard, have been able to get a lot of their own bourbon information from as well over the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we can't discount that. I mean, as as bad as it sounds, people love to come here because you get to talk to Ryan and I. You get to interface with us for a little bit. And and as we go through here and as we start talking about what we've been through, what we've learned, what are the changes we're going to make, how do we scale this out? That's one of those things that we will eventually figure out is because Ryan and I, we, we cannot be here. We can, There's literally no way that we can dedicate Thursday, Friday, Saturday all the time to be able to sit there and do tours and, and take care of people and, and give them a good time. However, we want to make sure that they do have a good time. They get an experience unlike anywhere else on the bourbon trail. And we had just have to make sure that we are able to train the staff and, and train the people that will be here on our behalf to be able to, to give that presentation, be able to give them an experience that, that Ryan and I would be able to give them as well. And it, but it's not to say that we wouldn't pop our heads from it from time to time, or there wouldn't be a an opportunity where we wouldn't actually go ahead and take those tours and from time to time as well too. Right. So let's talk about it then. You know, on the, the episode that you and I were on last, Kenny, we were talking about this process and in, in leading up to, you know, getting people through the doors. But now that we've opened up the doors for some folks and getting some feedback, tell me a little bit about what you are wanting them to be able to experience, regardless of whether it's you all walking through them or somebody else as it pertains to the industry, as it pertains to your brand, you know, what are they going to be diving into when they, when they get here? Or what are some things that you all have learned since that you visioned before letting some groups go through? Maybe this is a little further down in our conversation. And, and what have you, are you trying to peel back and realize before we get into this being a, a open to public space? Yeah. And, and by the way, this facility will never be just an open for public where, 
you can just kind of walk up sort of thing. It'll always be reservation only. Got to get on the website because we don't have anybody staffed at the front. That'll be like, oh yeah, just wait till 10 o'clock for the next tour. Blah, blah, blah. It's not gonna be like that. Like make sure you make reservations, so on and so forth. My original intent, my original vision was how can we take the best of everything that Ryan and I have been able to see from doing not only distillery visits and distillery tours, but barrel picks and figure out how do we encompass all that into something that we give a consumer the ability to just kind of like have it all. And so that's where I, I kind of looked at it and I said, well, let's just throw the whole kitchen sink them at one time and let's do the tasting. Let's do the barrel pick experience. Let's do the whole fill your bottle. Let's do literally everything that we know and see what sticks. And that's kind of like where we start, where we learn from and how we kind of grow from there. So I aptly named it, and my wife hates the name. I said, I named it the whole shebang because I didn't know what else to call it. It's like you call it the whole kitchen sink, the whole enchilada, whatever it is. It's just literally everything. So we said, let's just throw everything at them and let's see what they like. And that's been a good way to kind of test of, well, what works and what doesn't work. And we were talking about it before we started recording here. Well, what do we think that people really like? What do we feel that is too much? Are we... And as bad as it sounds, like, are we offering too much whiskey at one point where people are just like overwhelmed with choices? As a whiskey geek, a lot of us be like, oh, no, that sounds like an amazing time. But we got to understand what do we say all the time? We're the 1% of whiskey. So we have to think about the whole other side of whiskey that people are just coming here just to have a good time rather than just like be like, here, done with this sample, dump it out, try another one. Here you go. Here, try this one. Try this one. Try this one. Try this one. We've got to figure out how do we reel that in to give them a a whole experience that makes sense to them. So as we started going down this path, I said, well, we're going to first start off doing a, a a tasting of all the United SKUs. You got United Bourbon, United Rye, Toasted Bourbon, Sherry Finished Rye, and the Oak Collections. And then you go into the Barrel Pick experience, which... For me, I thought this was going to be, and I still do think this is going to be the unique thing that is going to separate us out from everybody else inside of the bourbon trail and inside of what else is doing is that, well, depending on the day, we'll figure out how many barrels we have available to us. Maybe it's six, maybe it's eight, maybe it's 10. I don't know. We've all been on barrel picks, whether you go to Knob Creek, whether you go to Bar- Buffalo Trace, whether you go to 1792, whether you go to Four Roses, it depends on how many barrels that are there. Usually it's three, Four Roses on the opposite side, it's usually around 10 but you get an opportunity to try a bunch of different things. And I think that's the coolest thing about doing any kind of experiences. Like you get to drink whiskey shrimp in the barrel, but you get to try all these different things and they're just so different and unique. Well, now that you've had the opportunity to be able to select them and figure out what you want, now you get to select which one speaks to you. And if it speaks to you, I mean, for the most part, if you get to do a barrel pick, well, who gets to buy the barrel? Well, it's either a whiskey society or a liquor store owner. Beyond that, who gets to buy a barrel in their lives? Well, we give you the opportunity to be able to go and fill your own barrel. So it's a, it's a barrel pick plus fill your own bottle experience where then you go and grab a bottle off the bottling line, grab the thief, and you go and thieve your own whiskey out of the barrel into the bottle, take over the bottling line, fill it up, cap it, cork it, seal it, everything like that. And, and it's yours. It's your own little momentum, your own little keepsake. And so I thought that was a, a really good like wholesome kind of thing that kind of brings the everything from front to back to be able to give you the entire experience. And now we're starting to learn like, well, how can we make better efficiencies to this progress? How can we make it a little bit faster? How can we make it a little bit more 
uh, fun for the end consumer. And so it's just a it's a it's a progressional learning experience to try to figure out what can we do to make sure that this is the single best thing that we can give people as they start coming through here to say like, well, you know what, I can't get into Old Forest or Old Angel's Envy or whatever. But I heard about this thing called Pursuit. I've never had their whiskey before, but it looks like a pretty cool opportunity. So let's go there. And I think yeah. that's where we're going to be able to capitalize. And it's challenging too, because you, as we've experienced, we've kind of opened this up to Patreon and fans and their friends and whatnot. And they've come in and you get people who understand your brand, understand the concept, but then you have people that have absolutely no idea about your brand. They have no idea what a mash bill is. They have no idea what blending is. They have no idea what everything that we kind of just take as for granted that we understand and know. And so it's it's been interesting learning, like everybody has a different level of, I guess, education and comfort and understanding of what bourbon is. And so it's good for us to be exposed to all the different kinds of consumers because you got to kind of cater it to fit all those at once. And you don't want to dumb it down too much for the consumer that's like really into whiskey and, you know, understands it all, but you don't overwhelm the people that are just new into it. Um, so it's definitely trying to figure out that balance of what can we offer folks from all different levels of education and comfort level. And it's been fascinating and a good learning experience for us because as Kenny said, we've been on every experience known, at least on the Kentucky bourbon side and even elsewhere. And we're really just trying to culminate everything that we love about each one and bring them all together. And we're figuring it out as we go, but we're off to a good start, but we still got things to learn and understand. Yeah. I think that was probably the most humbling thing is that we totally forget about that. Ryan and I, we, we start these this this presentation and we just we just go into it. We go really geeky. We just go really deep, really quick. And all of a sudden, people either raise their hands or they're going like, uh, I don't understand what this means. Like, what's a mash bill? And we have to kind of roll back and go, well, never mind. Let's go ahead and talk about this. So, yeah. So, with what you said, too, you know, starting off the experience, at least for the Patreon, the insider folks, the, the whole shebang. Are you thinking that you're still going to be able to do that? You know, when when the public comes in here, it is going to be a one-stop shop? Or are you starting to think, hey, maybe we need to peel some of this away where for folks who are newer, they're able to try the flagship and maybe that's it. It's not a barrel experience or a bottle your own experience or a breakdown of mash bill or whatever. Or, you know, what what is it looking like? Or are we, again, still trying to go with how it was originally intended. Oh no, I think this is the whole point of doing this. This is this is pilot. This is actually all pilot for Whiskey Row of making sure that we can refine the process to figure out what resonates with people, what works well, and to be fair, what can we do that feels efficient? Because right now, as bad as it sounds, what we're doing is a very inefficient process. It takes between an hour and a half to two hours and at the very far end, two and a half hours to do the whole shebang tour. And it is not a, we're not valuing our time as much as we should. So we had to figure out how do we either remove elements from it? How do we speed up elements from it? And how do we refine those different kinds of things? So yes, one of the things that we've already figured out is we have to either pre-pour samples. We can't let people just get samples from the barrel. We have to have everything done, ready to go. So as soon as people come in, they sit down, we start the thing right away. I think that's one of the things that we will eventually work on uh, to, to get to that point. Uh, other things is just trying to figure out how do we keep the the process going as we go through the barrel selection process. Because if you are talking about the individual barrel 
for five to 10 minutes at a time, well, if you get eight barrels, that's gonna be a lot, that's gonna be a really long time, right? So we've got to sit there. It's like, you're talking two to three minutes between every, every single one. So, you know, bang, bang, hit them out. Let's, let's go ahead, taste and move on to the next. The other thing is, will we pull some things out and have it be its own experience? Potentially. I think that's one of the good things that came out of a past uh, remark from a feedback. It says, somebody said, you know, I'd love to be able to just taste the individual components before it goes in a blend. It's like, man, we're already ahead of you because people want to do a United breakdown. We've talked about that doing before, mm-hmm. actually tasting individual components, figuring out what the blend tastes like at the end. We are going to do that. That is a whole different experience uh, as it comes into it. So there are going to be multiple things that we can offer. That's not going to be like your typical distillery tour. One thing that's cool about this whole process is like to our brand and concept is kind of, I don't want to say confusing, but like a lot of people are so new into bourbon and they can understand, like maybe they understand what small batch means or single barrel, but you throw in the blending different states, different mash bill, it's just like way over their head. But what this has allowed us to do is to educate people and understand, like, it makes it a reality. It's not just us talking about it. Because when you talk about it, it's hard for people to understand. But when they come and see, like, all the barrels we have out there and their individual components, and you talk about how each of those make up, you know, the blend, and then they get to taste micro blends that we made for the pup selection or the fill-your-own-bottle experience, and then they're just, like, it kind of just pieces all the puzzles together that you necessarily might not listen to or understand when you're doing a tasting or an educational thing. It really kind of puts like pen to paper or whatever. It kind of brings it all to reality for folks. Mm -hmm. What's been the most uh, common thing that you all have heard from the people who have been through the experience so far? Uh, Most of it's positive. You know, they're like a lot of people come on the trail and they said this, some said it was the highlight of their trip. You know, they said this was the most unique intimate experience I've ever been a part of. That seems to be the over, I guess, overwhelming theme, but there are some that says like, you know, it's too many samples. It's too much like, but those are very minimal, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's hard because you, you focus on kind of those like negative comments then versus the positive ones. So you're always like trying to pick out those and like trying to figure out how do you please everyone and it's impossible to please everyone. So we just got to take those, and like hear them, but do we necessarily have to change everything based on those little, you know, few negative comments and not that they're negative. It's just like, maybe it was too much for someone just getting into it. So it's like, well, do we need to not, this is a bad word, but do we need a, d- a dumbed down experience, you know, where it's very simple, very basic, straightforward for those that are just getting into whiskey, but then you don't want to deter those that are excited about whiskey. So it's very hard to like, as I talked about in the beginning of the show, it's hard to like you have this wider range of consumers and how do you piece this experience together where it appeals to, to all parts of that. Yeah. And I totally agree. I feel like we're going to have a very hard time finding that, that right customer at some point, because I I feel like our, our perfect customer, our perfect fan, of course, if you're listening to this, you're already the perfect customer to be able to come. But the other one is that if you're not a podcast listener, but you've been to Kentucky, you've done the purpose, like you literally, you've done everything and you go, what the hell? What the hell else is there is to do? Like we're gonna be that that next step. Like we're gonna be like that that what's that elevated thing that you can't do anywhere else? Because I, you're not gonna go to Buffalo Trace and they're not gonna sit there and hey, let's let's go pop some bungs, let's go thief in the barrel. You're not gonna go to Angel's Envy and say, hey, let's go ahead grab a thief, let's go ahead and fill your own bottle out of the out of the barrel itself. Yeah, you can't do that in Victor's. You can't do that in Heaven Hill. You can't do that anywhere. Right? You can only get it with us and. 
for the most part, those are all very polished things. And so if you're bringing somebody that is just very, very new to this, they want that polished experience. They want something that's not rough around the edges, which we're going to be very rough around the edges. Extremely rough. <laughs> Extremely rough. And so make sure we, we set the set the stage properly when people do come that they are aware that, you know, this is a, this is a functioning distillery. It's a functioning warehouse. It's, it's something that is not going to be, you know, it, it didn't, there's no, there's not $20 million dumped into a visitor experience. That's not what it is, right? There's, there's barely a million, there's, I don't think there's just $500,000 dumped into fixing this place up, but we're, we're working towards at least, uh, uh at least $10,000 on it, right? Yeah. It's the only experience I know where mid experience, a truck shows up and I have to like pallet jack six, <laughs> six cases of finished product out to a truck <laughs> and struggle. See, people see me struggle through it. <laughs> oh, oh man, that was, that was so funny yet that terrifying to watch at the same exact yeah, time. I'm I was sitting so stressed. I'm sitting here giving a presentation and, and talking to these folks and, and Ryan is going back and forth. And so there's this other truck that's yeah, literally trying to pick up six pallets of finished goods. And <laughs> You all almost toppled over like a hundred cases oh, on no. a pallet because, uh, well, to be fair, it's not like we have the best ramp and everything like that. And you're, I think your driver said, oh, you just got to force it. Go as fast as you can. And <laughs> you said we ran that. it in there and it just went, oh popped my God. up. And I was like, oh God, that's I, not a good idea. I saw this pallet go at almost 45 degrees and I... I mean, I about lost it because I was like, I don't know if this is the smartest idea to do right now. Yeah. Uh, so pe- can, it's only true where the master blender sweating and pushing pallets <laughs> and uh, freaking out that he's got to get an order out. Yeah. Mid-tour. All right. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's like to, to what you said, it's like, are, are things going to change over time? Do we things, are, are things going to be adapting into how we see customers come in and, and what they say. And to, to be fair, like, as you were saying, most of all, the, the overall feedback's been great. I think one of the, the biggest pieces of feedback we've gotten so far is like, I've never been able to thieve my own barrel before. I've never been able to, you know, get, stick that copper thief in there and, you know, hold the straw and pull my thumb out and, and see it all happen. And people just love it. People just love the opportunity just to do something like that and drink whiskey shaped in the barrel as much as, Somebody like me, you, or Brian would take for granted. Man, there's like there's so many people that never get a chance to do it. I want to say it's 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 a it's not a baptism kind of moment, but it's definitely a and, and it, I say it is. It's it's life changing. It, it it's is like being baptized. It, it is it is a fun moment though. It's like as soon as you do it, you're like, wow, this is this is something really special because for the most time in your life, you all you do is you drink bourbon out of the bottle, and as soon as you get a chance to try it straight from the barrel. This is, that's a pretty cool experience. You got, you brought up a good point though. If we, if we got a trough that we filled with bourbon and we actually baptized people in it though, I mean like, you know. Full immersion? To, yeah. I'm just wondering. Not you know, just the sprinkling on their forehead. You know, you could have your mouth open if you wanted to. I'm just kind of curious, you know, if you're interested podcastpursuitspirits.com, I'd love to hear if you're interested in that. You're not allowed to hold your nose when you go under. But that is that. Like, because so, some people, you teach them how to use a thief and then like, as they're filling the bottle, they just like let their thumb off and <laughs> they explodes everywhere. Lose your photo opportunity. Baptizing the spirit. You get a little cart cut out where <laughs> people like, get their pictures. I'm like, I said the thumb is your pressure regulator. <laughs> it controls the flow out of the bottom. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, it puts a lot of context. Um, Kenny, when we were downtown looking at the space too, and you had made a comment that that I, it was hard for me to picture a little bit, but you were just kind of mentioning that this that the location will be like the 201 experience as a 
pertains to like people receiving bourbon education. I think at first, you know, you hear that and you're like, but there's so many bourbon consumers who might not walk in and they might not get that. But it, I think it, it would, it would be easy to hear that and think you're, you're trying to put a level above where some people are, but that's not the case. It's just the fact that diving right into the experience as we've been able to see here on location, it's just diving them into a place where everything's hot and heavy. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of things happening really fast. And it's more so if you already have a little bit of that prior knowledge, you'll get the most out of it. You know, I can imagine if someone down here doesn't want to taste through 10 to 12 samples, okay, they might taste some of the flagship in the in the introduction period, and before it goes to the the sampling, maybe someone who's with them will say, "Oh, you'll want to try this one. It's it's your flavor, or this is the best one I've tried so far. Try this." And they might they might taste a few of those, but if they were to go all ham on it, you know, they're gonna be wasted by the time <laughs> it's at the very end. So I see what you're meaning in that comment in terms of providing something, as you already said a couple minutes ago too, that is just more than what is usually the same old humdrum from the other distilleries. Not that it's not fun to still do those distillery tours with folks and get the same information, but you start to find out they cover the same ground. Yeah, it's a lot of it's the same regurgitated story over and over and over and over and over again. And of course, I think our original intention was, well, let's cater to our our audience and the people that know our whiskey and the people that know us. But at the same exact time, the people that also know us their friends, their wives, their spouses, whoever it is, they don't know us. They're not as nerdy as us. And we have to meet, and gosh, I go back to, it's a great lesson that one of our ambassadors said is that meet people where they're at. And that is one thing that we have to get better at. And as a part of how we build these experiences, we can't just cater it and be like, listen, we're only for the whiskey 201s. If you're, if you're still trying to figure out what bourbon is, what a mash bill is, don't come here. We can't say that. Yep. We need to make sure that we are focused on delivering the best experience for every single person, every single time. The only thing we don't want to do is give you the same regurgitated story that you hear every single where else of 51% corn, blah, 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 blah. Instead, what we can do is we can give you, let's give you like a two minute primer. And maybe that's what we do. Maybe we do that uh, in the waiting area before you go into the next thing. It's like- With a video. Yeah, exactly. It's like- uh, Of me waiting through a field and breaking <laughs> corn cobs. Oh, it's like, there's the master blender, Ryan, and he's going to tell you exactly what you need to know. Hands to Kenny on an Excel sheet. <laughs> but to be fair, let's just make sure we keep people excited about what we're building and what we're doing and we give, and we don't want to ruin the experience for anybody. I think at the end of the day, we still need to make sure that everybody that comes through here, whether you're a whiskey novice, you're you're a bourbon baron, whatever it's going to be, you've got to make sure that that you come away thinking like, my gosh, like I really came away with something today. And whether it's something from like these guys really know what they're talking about and it was over my head, but they gave me a good primer. Everything else, I was just kind of in the in the clouds about. Versus somebody that goes like, listen, I thought I knew everything that there was to know about it. I had a great time. I didn't learn anything new, but I had a great time. I got a great bottle of whiskey at the end of it. That's that's all I could hope for. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool the other day. We had, you know, a good mixed group. They were here on a bachelor party. Some knew, you know, some were very educated. Half were not. And, but like, like they didn't understand, some of them didn't understand what the mash bill was or reading a label where it says distilled you know, state of distillation, you know, simple things like that, that they came with. They're like, wow, now I'm a more 
educated consumer that I can go out and look at packages and look at things in the liquor store. Like they were thankful that we were like, oh, if it says distilled in Indiana, then there's 90% chance it comes from this place. Or, you know, if it says, you know, this distilled and bottled by that, it that probably means they made it and bottled. Or if it says like, you know, this or that, it means maybe they're sourcing. And so it's pretty cool too to like, it's kind of refreshing too when you get some of those new consumers who have no idea like what they're getting into with the category to kind of like educate them and bring them, you know, those little nuggets of knowledge that they can be a better consumer out in the market as well. Well, if they're not confined to a guided tour or a guided walk, if they're not confined by a classroom or like a place setting at a table, then they can interact with everyone who's a part of the group, like in that space. And so I think having that kind of open space kind of allows for that. As we've known from all the people who have gone on picks, you know, we've all gone on picks before with a group of people who do not know each other. And at the end, you know, they've got an insider joke or something about the pick, or, you know, they've all circled up on a barrel they really enjoyed. And so it's kind of an experience like that, even if it's not a barrel pick, that everyone can kind of have those same sort of experiences. That's kind of a, a thing that, that just can happen that isn't necessarily defined on paper. But Ryan, you had, uh, I want to say a couple weeks ago, a group through here of some of your wife's friends too. Oh yeah. Is that, so, so where were they in regards to the spectrum of what they knew and how did that experience go in the same environment where some of these, you know, nerds have come through in the last little bit too, and been able to just get real nerdy, real deep. Yeah. Very novice. There was only three people. And when Kenny says it takes an hour and a half to two and a half, it took about two hours and 15 with three, three people just because they were so new and green you really had to like guide them through the entirety of like the whole process, the whole mash bill talk, the why is it a rye versus a bourbon or why is it a high rye bourbon versus a weeded bourbon? What does it mean when it comes from Kentucky versus Tennessee or New York? Like all these different, you know, elements that we just kind of take for granted. So it was definitely an eye opening, eye opening experience. And two, you know, with our expressions being at a 108 proof, you know, that to them, that was, as they warmed up, they were fine with it. But at first, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is like overwhelming. You know, it's just like, it's hot. You know, it's in your face, this and that. You know, we're working on like, what's our kind of like introductory or what's a product that we can give to consumers that is more approachable so that they can start the journey with us. Because uh, like our product is, we're kind of in that middle ground where it's not for beginners. It's for whiskey geeks too, because it has a ton of flavor, but it's also for consumers that have some sort of experience with tasting whiskeys and they want something more adventure of flavors and to it just kind of open my we we, we got to have a place where people can start the journey with us and not just be an at the the end of their journey it's something that we need to kind of embrace that we can get them much earlier in the process instead of them working their way up towards us gotta do a barrel aged ryrita <laughs> the, the ryrita does uh the Rarita is that that good kind of gateway to Barrel H Rarita. That's funny. But, uh, you know, the Rarita with the Bourbon Festival, and then I've been, we've been, ambassadors have been serving at tastings, and even I've been doing it at events, and it really is kind of that gateway that people are like, oh, because I had a lot of females at this last event I did on Friday, and a lot of women were like, I'm not a whiskey drinker. I don't like it. And I was like, well, why don't you try a Rarita? You like margaritas? And they're like, oh, yeah. And then they drink like, well, maybe I do like whiskey. And then they go through the tasting, and they're like, all right, I kind of taste the things you're talking about and this and that. And so it just kind of opens that door where people can get interested and they're not just like overwhelmed by just straight whiskey. Mm -hmm. Is there anything so far that you've realized by having the groups through that you still haven't figured out? 
Oh, about what you're about what you're hoping for in this experience. I mean, there's there's already plenty of things that we are still figuring out, and there's probably things to still to figure out. I mean, I guess the first one is that uh, we're no longer letting people clean and sparge their own bottles. We learned that when the first group. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is a funny one, and uh, yeah, shout out to Chad and Sarah from It's Bourbon Night who were our first group because we said, should we clean all the bottles before we do them? Like, no, nah, let them go through the bottle clean. Let's just let them go ahead and do it. And it's it's really not that hard. You put two bottles on and you just press it once. You just press it and leave it. Like there's nothing else you have to do. But for some reason, people just thought you just like, you press it and then you lift the bottles off. And this happened more than once. And then all of a sudden, there's like an eight foot tower of water that's like spraying. It's not water. It's, it's, ever, it's, it's pure. Right? It's, yeah, it's ever clear plus water. It's pure, it's GNS. And it's like hitting people in the eyes and they're like, it's all over their shirts. And yeah, people were- I don't know if we're supposed to say this on air. <laughs> this is probably bad. But I mean, I'm just looking, I'm just like, okay, well, okay, we're going to we're gonna take some of the things out of here. Yeah, so now I, now I wipe down every bottle and rinse them before a day before. So we have plenty of bottles clean yeah. and ready for them. And one of the things we also try to do is letting people seal their own bottle, which you have to use a PVC and a heat shrink uh, seal that we have a, a machine for. And you have to kind of time it perfectly. And if you don't know how to do it, it just takes forever. So from now on, like I'm just the one doing it. So I'll just put it there on on the bottle and move it up, move it down because I know the timing very well. But you know, those are those are processes. Those are things that we're going to figure out. I, I think there's going to be just more refinements that'll happen over time, and it's mostly about time constraint. That's really what's going to come down to. I mean, and to be fair, it's like we've enjoyed every single one we've done so far. And we've put it at the minimum as an hour and a half is usually what's going to take. On average, it's about two hours. And for what we've been charging for this, it's like, shit, you get a deal of a lifetime, in my opinion. Yeah, because so, you look at others in the industry and what they're charging. And granted, they're legacy brands that have, you know, uh, a brand presence and, you know, like Michter's or Heaven Hill. But, you know, I... I've done the Michter's experience and it's literally 20 minutes. You pay $180 and you pull a handle and that's it. And it's like, I think they're, I think we can offer something more intimate and unique, but it's, you're trying to draw that balance of like, we want to create a good experience, but we don't want to rush them, you know, out. And that's where the, the tension is, I guess, right now with us, because when you do come, you like, when I went to Napa, the most memorable experiences was, was, sitting down with the, the winemaker or, you know, the purveyors and sitting down and talking with them and drinking with them. And it takes, took a couple hours, but at the same time, I understand that they got to have, you know, from a business perspective, perspective, they got to have the next tour come in and this and that. And two people coming here, they have schedules because typically they're, we're not there early stop. They got to go somewhere else. So it's, it's really finding that tension between like, what's an intimate, unique experience, but not rushing them. And that's exactly what we're trying to find right now is because right now it's taking too long. And so we've have to, we have to dial that back quite a bit. And not only is it just because, A, it's not just Ryan and I's time. I mean, right now it is Ryan and I doing it, but this is not going to, Ryan and I can't do it forever. Um, as, as much as we want to be able to be there, we have other aspects of the business that have to be ran. We have day jobs. We have families. We have all these other things. Um, we have the uh, hard stops that are like, we don't want you working on Saturdays, which is also a big time of tourism uh, in the Bourbon Trail. So we've, we had to bring people on and we had to bring people to be our 
you know, our, our voices uh, to be able to do that. So that's something that we're, we're trying to figure out is like, so what do people, what, what is that value that you get versus having, what is the, what is the value that you get in the experience of having tasting plus barrel pick plus fill your own bottle or minus one of those, or, you know, get rid of the tasting and we just do straight barrel pick and bottle uh, versus tasting versus United breakdown versus whatever. And what do you get when you have somebody else leading it? Versus what do you get when you have Ryan and I leading it and trying to figure out how do you, how do you equate that to a monetary value? And I think that we're, we're getting closer and trying to figure out, well, of course, as bad as it sounds, yeah, Ryan and I are going to be a little more expensive. I mean, if people, people want to, I'm sure people want to pay that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of fans out there and I'm sure that if you want to hang out with Ryan and I for an hour and pick our brains, I mean, there's, there's nobody that can give a deliver a session like Ryan and I can. We we know literally every part of the business inside and out. And so we can give you that that intimate experience. We can give you that the that one-on-one that you're probably looking for. Uh, but we also want to make sure that we are not taking away time from other needs that are that are required out of out of just making sure we're there for tours. Yeah. There's a lot going on and it's as much as the the fun part fun part for me is hanging out with fans and doing this whole experience, but then you get there and you're like, crap, I got all this crap I need to do. And you're like, but you want to create this unique experience. So there's this tension of like, there's so many needs from the business, but you want to give people a good experience. And totally. so it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely a conflict that we're wrestling with and how can we streamline it and make it a win-win for consumers and us as well. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's, that's the hardest part is that right now people know us because of us like they know pursuit because of us. And so when people come, they might expect us. And I don't, I really don't want to disappoint people and say like, well, listen, like you're, it's not going to be us. Like it's, it can't, it can't, it literally cannot be us all the time because of everything else we have going on. But I will guarantee you that what we can offer, but it'd be, it's the same exact thing. It's like, you go to Buffalo Trace, you think you're hanging out with Harlan Wheatley and Freddie Johnson? No. Like you expect to go there. You're going to have a good time. Uh, same exact thing as where, where else, where else? You, I mean, you look at Bar Sam Bourbon Company's website, you look at uh, Victor's website, look at wherever they have more expensive experiences. If you want to hang out with a master distiller or a master blender or a founder or whatever it's going to be, and that's just kind of the way it is. But at the end of the day, we know that we're not a heritage brand or a legacy brand. So our prices will still always be lower than theirs at the end of the day. Yep. Right now, you're going to have a great value. So yeah, jump in still, while you can. Yeah, I was going to say, we are we are still the great, we are the the target brand right now. I'm not going to say we're the, the great value brand. We are the target brand. of We're Massimo. <laughs> good fellow, whatever the go. brand is. Good and gather. <laughs> good and gather, yeah. <laughs> the good and gather of the whiskey trail. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Guys, I'm excited to see how this continues to unfold. I'm excited for people to continue to come in through the experience. Again, might not be up at the time of you listening to this recording, but be sure to be checking out PursuitSpirits.com to get all the information about the picking experiences, about when those opportunities are going to be available for you to schedule to come in. I would say you'd be looking at towards of the end of November, it'll probably be live on the website. So make sure you go to PursuitSpirits.com, look for the Visit Us tab or button on there, and you can schedule everything through there. We'd love to be able to have you through here. And give us a five-star on Yelp and TripAdvisor. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, that'd be... Always amazing. Guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Behind the Pursuit. Guys, thanks for joining me for another episode of Behind the Pursuit. If there's other topics you want to hear us talk about in upcoming episodes, be sure to leave us a message. Podcast at PursuitSpirits.com. We'll be able to bring those out in future episodes here 
on the podcast. We'll see you all really soon here at the distillery. Until next time, we'll see you all later. Cheers. Toodles.